I want to tell you something, and that is operating a food company has been one of the most challenging endeavors of my life. From innovating products that we want to land at the intersection of taste and nutrition, to wrestling with supply chain issues and managing inventory, I have had more sleepless nights in the past three years than I have in the last 30, including the 12 when I was a firefighter. But no one tells you that food is hard. But I also want to say it's because of each of you that we continue to get in the trenches day after day after day. It's in our core values to keep at it, knowing that we are filling a giant void in the market with products that you can't find anywhere else. And this makes it easier for us to climb out of bed each day. I want to thank you for your patience. We are anxiously awaiting the return of our organic pancake and waffle mixes. And we're excited to announce that our Plant Strong milks will be available online later this week, followed soon thereafter by the return of our exciting new burger mixes. Our goal is to be your reliable and trustworthy partner for all things Plant Strong, allowing you to stock up on healthy meals that you can make and enjoy in minutes while still managing your busy lives. I appreciate each and every one of you and want you to know that the effort will be worth it once more brands start to care about the integrity of the nutrition that they're putting into their products. Thank you so much for your support and please stay tuned for exciting updates at planstrong.com. If you're at all like me, there's times when you just need a break from the kitchen, from the meal prep, the chopping, doing the dishes. And this is exactly why we created the Plant Strong Ready to Eat Chilies and Stews. These are an absolute lifesaver when you're in a big old hurry, but you want something that's both satiating and satisfying. I would encourage you to check out our all new split pea and vegetable stew or our classic firehouse chili our exotic Thai carrot chickpea stew, our stomach-soothing Indian lentil stew, and our zesty, creamy white bean chili. All of these are shelf-stable and can be ready to eat in just 90 seconds. They are literally your best friend and best defense against feeling hungry and wanting something fast and wholesome to fuel you right back to where you want to be. Check them out at plantstrongfoods.com. Like everyone's doing a curry, you know, like everyone's doing a lentil loaf. Everyone's mm -hmm. doing some kind of like super stew. Like that's, that's nothing original. Like, and who's going to trust me, some random lady, you know, uh, to, to give them a good curry recipe, you know, like that's not my culture. Yeah. And then it was like, ding. And I was like, oh my gosh, my culture, like Cameron, hello. You know, like, you know, Cajun culture, you know, Cajun food, you know how to cook it. Like, and so why don't you like offer something different in this space? I'm Rip Esselstyn and welcome to the Plant Strong podcast. The mission at Plant Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. 
We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plant Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Ah, uh, yeah. Mesa me. This week, we're heading down to the bayou to celebrate Mardi Gras with Cameron Clements. She is the plant-based Cajun. Dan Butner from the Blue Zones first introduced me to Cameron because she's one of the chefs featured in his new book, The Blue Zones American Kitchen. And if you didn't listen to that interview that I did with Dan about the American Kitchen, I highly recommend you listen to it. It was just a, a few weeks back. Now, I did a little digging and knew I wanted to get to know Cameron better. And now I get to introduce her to all of you. She is a busy mom. And when her young family moved from Louisiana to Texas for her husband's medical residency, she found herself dearly missing her Cajun culture. But... She and her family were also trying to improve their own health, so she started taking some of her favorite Cajun dishes and making them plant strong. We're talking about mushroom etouffee, jambalaya, tofu shrimp, red beans and rice, and even king cake. The plant-based Cajun was born. And if you think that eating plants is boring and tasteless, think again. The plant-based Cajun is here to kick up your taste buds and help you celebrate the start of Mardi Gras, which is right around the corner, Tuesday, February 21st. So, no matter where you are in your Plant Strong journey, let's let the good times roll, or as they say down there in Louisiana, les les bon temps roulés. Welcome, Cameron Clements. Cameron Clements, welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, you know what? I am just as excited because you are the plant-based Cajun. And <laughs> man, do we ever need a dose of Cajun on the Plant Strong Podcast? <laughs> Yay. Well, I'm, I'm happy to oblige. I'm, you know, sort of like fangirling like that gif. Ah! you know, freaking out a little bit, you know, always been a fan. So it's kind of surreal to be here. Well, well deserved. So tell me this, your name is Cameron spelled C-A-M-R-Y-N. Where in the world does that name come from? It's a great name. I love it. Oh, thanks. Um, you know, just, it, it, it does not have any family significance. It's just what my mom likes. So I'm actually a twin fraternal twin. And so my name is Cameron and my brother's name is Colton. Um, and then I have an older sister, Caressa, and a younger sister, Candace. We are all C's. So uh, it's just what my mom decided she liked. So Wow. And, and what's your, what are your mom and dad's names? My mom's name is Ivana and my dad's name is Chris or Christopher. So um, went with the C's, I guess, for the whole family. What's wild, so my wife's name is Jill, 
-hmm. her sister's Julie, her brother's John, her dad, uh, Jerry, and her mother, Carol. I mean, so why is it that somehow or another the the women, right, the the mothers get thrown to the wayside here? I don't get this. I know. I don't know. What happened? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's because there's more C names out there than A names. I'm not really sure. Like for uh, our family. I don't know. But yeah, that's crazy. All right. So let's, um, I'd love to find out a little bit about your roots and what it is that uh, inspired you to become the plant-based Cajun. Uh, so where where did you grow up? And 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 is this like, are you... Do you come by the plant-based Cajun like authentically? <laughs> yeah. So actually I grew up here. So I grew up in, I'm here in Lake Charles, Louisiana, um, born and raised. And uh, my family is Cajun. And so my dad has some Cajun roots like on his side. Um, they were farmers in Lacassine, which is about 20 minutes away. They farmed rice and soybeans, sugarcane, all that kind of stuff. So when you say that your your dad was Cajun, what does that mean? I mean, is it, is it a culture? Is it a way of, is it a lifestyle? What is it? It's a little bit of both, like uh, culture and heritage. And um, speaking from an ancestral, you know, point, uh, the Cajuns were basically French people that had migrated to Nova Scotia and then were exiled from Nova Scotia and ended up in Louisiana and they all just kind of settled here. Um, and they became known as like the Cajuns. Um, and so, you know, we kind of had like our family settlement, um, actually all along the same road. It was called Millerville because all the Millers lived down that road. Um, and so like for us, it's, it comes from a, a true like historical background, but also from um, just like how, like a way of life um, and through like a, a cultural music standpoint, like my dad is a, <clears throat> excuse me, a Cajun musician. And so he's always played the music and we grew up like hearing the music and singing a little bit of it. Um, does he play like the gut bucket or what does he play? I mean... So here it is, the accordion. So this is a Cajun accordion right here. You know, my, my dad grew up playing and it's it's more like a German accordion. Um, but this is a, you know, typical Cajun instrument. But my dad played this, but he also plays piano and guitar and bass and whatever else. He's multi-talented. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, we kind of grew up singing the music. I, I never, unfortunately, I learned one song on the accordion and was like, okay. <laughs> um, I, I kind of took on the guitar and piano, um, you know, the cool things when you're in middle school to play. So, um, and I'm a singer. Vo vocal music was kind of my, my study and everything, but we grew up with that. And um, so that was kind of like my Cajun culture. And then also Cuisine was also a big part of it. And around here in Lake Charles um, and Southwest Louisiana, really, there's just a lot of Cajun culture surrounding food. Um, so like from tailgate parties to Mardi Gras, um, 
you know, showers, like tons of things. So showers, what do you mean by showers? Well, like wedding shower or baby shower, you know, whatever food is always like a a center point in that like Cajun food. So you met your husband, what in high school? Is that right? Yes. So (laughs) my husband and I are high school sweethearts. I admired from afar for a while. Um, and then senior year, we actually, uh, we're seeking out each other crazy and nice. kind of just like, Oh, well, we think we both found our person. And then we decided, you know what, we're going to college. Let's get a far away from each other as possible. And I ended up going to school in Shreveport and he went to school in New Orleans. Um, and so we did a long distance relationship for a couple of years, um, through undergraduate school, which is not fun. Um, but, uh, we did that. And actually, when my husband was in college for undergraduate, um, he was still my boyfriend at the time. But when he was there for undergraduate, it was the first time that he actually started hearing about the plant-based diet. And he heard about it because he had these friends from uh, all over the world. But specifically, he had some friends from Nepal. And they were just talking like, gosh, like you Americans are so weird Y'all always talk about, you know, um, things like, oh, what are you craving? Like, what do you want to eat? What are you craving? He's like, that's never been a thought to me, like craving food. It's like you just eat because it's time to eat, you know, and that was kind of eye opening for him. He was like, oh, gosh, like I've never thought about that. And so he actually ordered and read um, Eat to Live by Joel Furman, and he started eating beans and rice and the you know, uh, college cafeteria and he lost like 20 pounds. Like he lost his freshman 15, 20, you know, which was crazy. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like our first introduction to that. And then after undergraduate, we, uh, married and then moved to Shreveport, Louisiana for medical school. He went to medical school, not me. Yeah. Well, and, and so at what point, cause in reading your, um, your story on your website, Mm-hmm. the the plantbasedcajun.com you mentioned that i think it was your husband that had the beginnings of fatty liver disease yeah so was that what prompted him to b- purchase eat to live and then go down that path with rice and beans or was it after that no so eat to live was like 2012 and so he he was not like fatty liver disease was not on the radar at all Um, That was just specifically a a spontaneous thing from a friend talking about food and cravings and things like that. So uh, the fatty liver disease thing was something that was encroaching that was kind of developing, I guess, through medical school. Um, So, you know, I was teaching full time. I was busy. He was in medical school. I was also um, working on Sunday, six to eight hours. And so like we were super busy cooking was just not our thing. We didn't cook. I didn't know how to cook. Hamburger helper was kind of our jam. And like, I was like, Oh, I'm cooking now. I, I, you know, brown some meat <laughs> threw everything in there and I feel pretty good, you know? Uh, so it, I didn't cook and our health kind of started to reflect that. Like we both were gaining weight. Um, you know, we had our first son when we were in medical school and, uh, you know, from there. So we were four years there in Shreveport. We moved to Temple, Texas, not far from you, not far from Austin. I used to go to Austin all the time. 
Um, but we moved to Temple, Texas and for residency. And he was getting established with a physician there. And when he got his blood work back, he looked at it and was like, no, <laughs> like this, this is, this is not good. Um, and we also, uh, had known through just kind of like explaining to his dad what was going on. His dad is also a physician, um, internal medicine. His dad was like, well, you know, like fatty liver disease, it kind of runs in the family, you know, so you got to kind of like watch for that, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and for the audience, this is non-alcoholic. Yes. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Right. And so, um, you know, from that point on, when he got that blood work that this was in 2018, um, you know, he just looked at me, he was like, I, I know what I have to do. He's like, I, I have to, I have to start really like eating healthy. Like, I just, I can't keep doing this. And, uh, I was like, okay, well let's do it. And he's like, well, it's, it's going to be like plant-based. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And he's like, oh no, 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 no. I, I don't want you to feel like you have to do things like you, this is on you because it's not on you. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense to me because why in the world would you start to eat healthy and we're going to take a seat back and eat fried food all the time, you know, like that doesn't make sense. And so, um, I decided that night, like we were going to do it. And we, uh, I put on some music, rearranged the pantry, kind of threw out some of the junk food and we ordered some plant-based cookbooks and we, you know, our specific goal for this time in 2018, uh, strictly going plant-based was for health. So we were looking for no oil, no salt, whole food, plant-based. Um, and so we started off with simple things, just like burrito bowls and, um, then started doing some recipes in these cookbooks. And after a couple of weeks, I'm not going to lie, I was like in tears. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like this is hard. This is a lot. Like when you don't know how to cook and you're trying to cook. And yeah. like, there are some things that like are just a whole new world. I, I had decided to start documenting what I was doing on Snapchat, which was my only social media at the time. Uh, I was like, okay, you guys, if we're going to be on social media, like, let's learn a little something. Um, so I was kind of showing me cooking, not really knowing how to cook, me cooking uh, plant-based meals. And I'll never forget my first one used tofu. And I remember like looking at tofu and be like, we're using tofu today. And tofu is like curdled soybeans. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do this. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Um, but you know, after a couple of weeks, you know, I was like, okay, I, I need to take a little bit of a step back. Um, it was, it was so much all at one time. I, I felt like overwhelmed and like for some of the recipes, it took a long time to cook and like, I hadn't thought about serving size. So I would spend like an hour and a half working on a recipe and all the food was gone between me, my husband and my son. And it's like, I'm still hungry. And I'm like, oh, I was getting so frustrated with it. So I was like, I need to take a step back. I need to like figure out what I'm doing here. And uh, so what I started to do was to Google vegan recipes, um, you know, kind of like bulk recipes. Uh, and one of the first ones that, I mean, worked 
extremely well for us was like a lentil lasagna with tofu ricotta, which no one could tell it was made out of tofu and uh, it had spinach in it. But my son ate all of it, which was like a happy yeah. tear moment. Like, oh my gosh, like my three-year-old just ate a plant-based meal. And uh, truly, it's truly remarkable the versatility and what you can do with tofu. Yes. And, and we're going to talk about some of that. But um, so let me ask you this. I mean, that first, when you first were launching into this, you said you had to at some point take a step back, kind of relaunch yourself because there was such a maybe level of frustration, the learning curve and whatnot. So what, what advice would you give now that you've been in this for five years, mm -hmm. you know, for somebody that is back where you were in 2018, they're starting out, they're trying to figure out how to, you know, make this lifestyle work without getting overwhelmed. What would you say? That, no, that's an excellent question because that's, that's what, what I'm trying to do right now is, uh, is this. So like my advice is to, uh, oh, first off, like kind of take it slow. Like you don't have to do everything at one time. Cause if you try to do everything at one time, you, you might drive yourself insane kind of like I did, you know, and I was very hard on myself. Um, I, I felt like if I didn't do things exactly 100% whole foods, plant-based that I was a failure or I was failing my husband for his health or, you know, I wasn't doing, I wasn't good enough. I, I couldn't necessarily say I was eating healthy if it wasn't 100% like whole foods, plant-based and, you know, it can put you in a really bad mental state. Um, and so like my advice is to just take one thing at a time. If you're eating cereal for breakfast every day, like let's trade that out for something healthier. Like let's try some whole oats. Speaking of which, speaking of which, do you remember your first post ever on Instagram? Yes. But I didn't know anything. <laughs> I, I, I think I did like what I was like eating for breakfast, which was like, well, it was oats. Yes. It, it was oats. It was a sliced banana. And it was, uh, I think, a plant-based milk on there. Yes. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And but then, that was your, your first yeah. post ever. <laughs> yeah, and chia flax and hip, which I'm like, That's yeah, right. Man. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, just starting with something small like that and making it that your change and that your norm. So instead of, you know... Uh, you know, throughout the week, instead of constantly grabbing for the cereal, you have your oatmeal, you know, and that's your, I mean, that is a huge place to start. You know, that's great. If you've eliminated one meal that was not plant-based and made it plant-based. And let um, me say, and let me add to that, that mm -hmm. I concur with you a hundred percent on that because I tell people the absolute linchpin to my success in doing this now for almost 35 years has undeniably been my breakfast right and, and i like i i basically keep it the exact same it's the ribs big bowl with plant-based milk with different fruits on top some chia some hemp um some ground flaxseed meal and the variety is is endless just depending upon what fruits in season what i feel like right and and, and it, it fills me up well, until if I have it at eight in the morning, I'm good to go until 1230, one o'clock when I'm like, you know, then I'm ready for lunch. 
Right. No, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, it's so customizable. Yeah. And, you know, some people say, oh, like, oh, you eat oats every day or oatmeal every day. And I'm like, yeah, I, I do. But, you know, it it's also really easy to change it up. Right now, I'm on a cinnamon kick and cinnamon is thrown in every single day. You know, in the summertime, I like my strawberries and blueberries and blackberries and mix that in with banana. You know, it's very fruit heavy. Um, but like, I love that. I you know, it, you can just do so many things with it. Have you ever tried grapefruit in your breakfast cereal? No. I have a grapefruit on my counter right now. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should try that tomorrow. Some uh, grapefruit in my oatmeal cereal. Do it. Don't squeeze the juice in there, but just put the grapefruit wedges in there. Okay. Uh, especially if it's like a ruby red or one of those that's not too tart. Oh, you'll be in heaven. That's good to know. I, I really, I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, you do it and then DM me and let me know how it went. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so that, that's what I was, uh, that's what I would recommend. And also just batch cooking, batch cooking is a, a big thing. And so what do you like to batch cook? What would you recommend people if they're starting to batch cook? Like what tofu, potatoes, rice, lentils, what? So we batch cook beans pretty mm. much every week. And I know that's not exciting. So I don't post all the time on social media. And it's that's super exciting. If you're damn Butner. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> so but we, we really do we we eat beans like that's our meal prep pretty much every week is some kind of beans or stew, um, a soup, uh, my kids, though, right now, they're kind of like, we don't want soup. And so we've been more on like the rice and beans kind of thing. They love rice. They most of the time like beans. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I love this. And what seconds? And then sometimes they're like, I don't want it. I'm like, great. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you just take take what you can get. But uh, yeah, so beans and stews and things that you can just make a whole bunch of and really maximize your time in the kitchen because, that's something that's, you know, something to consider too. If you're trying to become plant-based or eat more plants, um, there is a learning curve to doing that. If all you've cooked are meat-centered dishes, you know, and it's like, I've never cooked lentils before. Like, oh, like, how do you cook dry beans? Like, how do you, you know what I'm saying? So like, there is a little bit of like learning how to do it. And if you kind of maximize that by batch cooking, then you're set for lunches for the week and you spent 40 minutes in the kitchen for lunch for the week, um, which is a big deal. And it, like for us, like we're so busy with sports and after school things and I teach workouts and like it's it's crazy. And so like the batch cooking is the thing that saves us. And how many kids do you have now? I have three. Three. Okay. Okay. What are their sexes and what are their ages? Okay. So I have a son who's seven, a daughter who's four and uh, a, a baby who just turned 10 months, a baby boy. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> that's okay. Well, you definitely have your hands full then. Yeah. We're running around all the time. It's, it's good though. It's, it's a fun place, fun stage in life to be. All right. So let's level set for a second. Um, so you're trying to get your husband healthy. You're embarking on this lifestyle. You're feeling a lot of pressure to make it work. At what point did you decide that, you know what, I want to try and veganize all these traditional Cajun dishes that I grew up with and were part of my culture because I miss them. 
so how like how long into the journey did that begin? About a year. Um, so, you know, we were we were kind of isolated, you know, out in Texas and uh, no friends, no really anything, you know, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to be here in my kitchen and I'm going to cook and was cooking plant based stuff and uh, just cooking a lot of things that I found online. Um, and then when 2020 hit, so uh, the pandemic started and the isolation course was taken to a whole new level. Yeah. And I was like, I have to have some something else. I, I have to do something to try to have some kind of connection. And so I joined Instagram. And so once I was on Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, this, and I had resisted it for so long. Uh, I was like, actually, Instagram is that really like plant positive place. Like there are so many people here doing plant-based. I was like, oh my gosh. And so, I mean, I kind of went crazy, like follow, 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 like all these different people and all these different chefs and stuff. And I was just like, so intrigued, like, man, look at these people go doing all this plant-based stuff. And, and, uh, like the real profiles of these websites I'd been, you know, kind of screenshotting their recipes from, but something else that I, I was realizing was, well, dang, like what I'm doing is a carbon copy of what everyone else is doing. Like, I'm just white noise in this space. Like no one's gonna, like everyone's doing a curry, you know, like everyone's doing a lentil loaf. Everyone's doing some kind of like super stew. Like that's, that's nothing original. Like, and who's gonna trust me, some random lady, you know, uh, to, to give them a good curry recipe, you know, like that's not my culture. And yeah. then it was like, ding. And I was like, oh my gosh my culture, like Cameron, hello, you know, <laughs> you know, Cajun culture, you know, Cajun food, you know how to cook it. Like, and so why don't you like offer something different in this space? And did you run it? Did you run this past your husband where you're like, Hey, what do you think of this? Oh, I was pumped. Yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, I had a great idea. I was like, I'm going to start doing like plant-based Cajun recipes and, and vegan stuff. He's like, Oh Yeah that'd be great. You know, like, cause we miss gumbo, we miss jambalaya. And when you Google and look at some of these recipes online for vegan jambalaya and vegan gumbo, all, oh, it just kind of makes you squirm a little bit. Like, mm, that, that's, that's not, that's not some spices we would use, but okay. You know, yeah. or, oh, we, we don't, we don't really put beans in our jambalaya, but okay. You know, <laughs> you know, just like different little things that, people from around here would be like, that's, that is not So what are, you said those aren't some spices we would use. What are like the, the vintage Cajun spices? Yeah. That's for, a good for question. Some of you, yeah. So, um, typically like a lot of the flavor from Cajun dishes are from the quote, Holy Trinity of Cajun cooking, um, which is onion, celery, and bell pepper. And that base flavors most every Cajun dish. Um, and then added to that for some like standard uh, authentic things would be like garlic. Um, thyme is used a little bit. Uh, let's see. Cayenne was used a lot. <laughs> cayenne and uh, black pepper. You know, a lot of it is just very, very simple 
things. Citrus was used a good bit, um, I think because it was found around here. Um, so like those, and I'm not like some historian, but like from all like the, the standard Cajun recipes and stuff that I've read through and done and like that our family's done, it's all very simple stuff. Like it's not that complicated. And so it's just like when those things all meld together with the centerpiece of the dish, which a lot of times now is meat, then the, the dish was done. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I was like, I, I want to do like these Cajun meals and, and do them plant-based, you know? And so I changed my handle to the plant-based Cajun. What'd you change it from? What was it before? Oh, that? It used to be, uh, Cameron's kitchen and stuff because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about a little bit more than just like kitchen things. I was like, we were really getting into composting. We were getting into gardening and uh, sustainability, like those kinds of things. I didn't want to be limited to just the kitchen. Um, so I was Cameron, uh, Cameron's kitchen and stuff. And on YouTube, I had to put, yeah, because they had to have like a last name. And I'd like put that all as like one name. And then I had, yeah, as my last name. So Cameron, it's kitchen and stuff. Yeah. And what do you call, what do you, in uh, Cajun culture, what do you call the kitchen? Oh, gosh. Well. Well, the reason I asked you that is because, and I I really don't mean to put you on the spot, but I think I read somewhere that you call it your crib. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) No, I mean, it it was just kind of called the kitchen. I mean, at least for us. But I, uh, you know, I guess it could be called your crib. You know, I, I haven't really heard of that, but uh, we, we just always- My Cajun it, crib right here. We just always called it the kitchen. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how it came about. And I started uh, really delving into uh, traditional like Cajun dishes and stuff. And, and by this point, you know, I was a year and a half into plant-based cooking. I knew- enough about techniques. I knew enough about how kind of like the chemistry and science of the plant-based cooking realm. I knew enough to be able to say, okay, I'm going to try to do this, um, to replace this. And I need to add, you know, this to try to like replace. So I was starting to be able to honestly, like create kind of create my own recipes, which is something I never thought I would have been able to do, you know, uh, but it was kind of fun in a way too. It's like a jigsaw puzzle and I was, I was all about it. Well, so what now, Cameron, what, what do your mom and dad think of, uh, this leap that you've taken? My, so, I mean, they're, they're supportive, you know, for the most part. So my mom actually, whenever I went, when I, I called her the day we were going plant-based or like the morning after it's like, yeah, we're going to go plant-based blah, 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 blah. back in 2018. And my mom was like, so you mean y'all aren't going to eat meat or anything? Like that's like vegan. And I was like, Oh really? I never heard the term <laughs> vegan. I really didn't know. Okay. Uh, so I was like, I guess, I, yeah, I guess we're vegan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and, um, she decided that, you know, a couple weeks later she was going to go plant-based too. Of her oh. own um, and and vegan and stuff. She's also like got a soft heart for the animals too. So she still to this day is plant based as well. How about your pop? Uh, no, he he is more of the meat and potatoes kind of guy. Uh-huh. Um, but he will try some things and 
uh, kind of give me feedback and, and especially when I'm recipe testing, I'll be like, here, try this, you know, are your mom and dad still together? Oh yes. So, okay. so they're together, but so uh, does your dad cook as well? Because, uh, oh, so your mom cooks for herself and your dad. Yes. So bless, bless her. Oh, I know goodness. she, Gracious. she, so she cooks for herself and she cooks her plant-based stuff. And then she does all of his like kind of like traditional meat and potatoes kind of thing. Um, but like she says, she's like, I don't have to be that complicated. She's like, I can grab a bag salad from Walmart and that can be my lunch with some beans on top. How about your twin? Oh no, he, he eats whatever. <laughs> but you know, like the, honestly, for the most part, the family though has been really excited about it and is, is willing to try things. And I kind of use them as guinea pigs and tell them, Hey, I want you to tell me like your honest opinions about this. Like, what do you think about this? Tell me about texture. Tell me about taste. Da 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 da. So that I can really try to like nail some of these and try to make them as plant-based as possible and them still taste Cajun, you know, yeah. to, to people that are from around here and that grew up eating the food. You know, so there's only a few people that I've had on this podcast three times. And one of them is Dan Butner. And I recently had him on literally just a couple of weeks ago for his newest book, the Blue Zones American Kitchen. And don't ask me how, <laughs> because I don't know, but I'd like to ask you, you're in that book. <laughs> and so how in the world did you get hooked up with Dan Butner and some of your Cajun recipes? Okay, life is crazy, you know? <laughs> and for someone that was like so against social media, um, you know, it's like I joined and then kind of realized, you know, what kind of what my thing was going to be within this new like social space. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to not be doing what everyone else is doing, just with them maybe a little change here and there. I wanted to do kind of it, I, I knew it was a, a niche thing. You know, not everyone's going to be looking for uh, a plant based or vegan Natchitoches meat pie or something like that. But I was like, that's what I want to do. You know, I miss that food. I want to make it plant based form. Um, so I, I was doing this a little bit, just kind of getting my footing. I started following, you know, like I said, all these plant-based people. I started following Dan because uh, I'd heard about Blue Zones. And he did his first Instagram live. And I was watching and just like, you know, uh, started uh, direct messaged him about something that he said and didn't think much of it. You know, I was just, you know, direct messaging and like chatting was kind of like my thing. I tried to be like a more personal connection when I'm on social media. I don't necessarily like all the commenting like blah out for everybody. Um, so I, I direct messaged him and he direct messaged me back two days later and was like, I'm so glad you messaged me. I'm writing a new cookbook and we're going to be around where you are in two and a half weeks. We would love to come and see you and cook with you. And my jaw dropped. <laughs> so, so, so did he come, come to your home there and and with with that amazing photographer buddy of his, yes, yes, they came, they came, and I, I really, I, I was shocked. I was so shocked, and you know, I kind of like my, Taylor was like, "Hold on, camera, like let's make sure this isn't a scam." Like, you know, I, I don't have many followers. I'm just this random person. Like, I was like, "No, it's him. He's got the blue check." And 
uh, you know, I, I told him. He's got the blue check. He's got the blue check. He's real. He's verified. And so, uh, I, but like I told Dan, I said, you know, are you sure that you want to come see me? I was like, I just want to be completely transparent. I'm just a person trying, you know, like I, I am not a chef. I am not trained. I'm just like a mom here in her kitchen cooking, you know, that's the American kitchen right there. You know, yeah, and it, like he, he was so sweet about it. He was like, "No, like we we do. We want to come see you. We want to include you. And as long as the food tastes good, like yes, absolutely." And so I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I loaded the kids up. We went to H E B, and I wanted to make sure I got all my stuff and really tested out some recipes. And he and David McLean came, and uh, oh, they're so funny together. And it, uh -huh, uh -huh. it was fun. And yeah. I still they can't believe they wanted to see your Cajun crib. <laughs> yeah, I know. So then it was it was the Texan crib. You know, we were we were out and like he said, the tumbleweeds of nowhere. <laughs> we lived on the outskirts of uh of Temple, Texas. We were you know out by some cornfields and uh, I, I loved living out there. It was great though. Uh, oh, so since then you've moved back to St. Charles. Uh, to, yeah, to Lake Charles. Mm -hmm. Lake Charles. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Charles. So we moved. I was back. thinking St. Charles from Monopoly. <laughs> Do what now? There's, there's a St. Charles place in Monopoly, the game yes. Monopoly. Yes. Forget it. That just went over everybody's heads. Okay. Lake no, Charles. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but we, we were there for residency. And so Dan actually came there, uh, to do the, the, not filming, but the pictures and all that kind of stuff and cooking in the kitchen. And, uh, it was kind of hard to leave that house. Cause I was like, man, I, I spent so long in this house and in this kitchen and like so much came of it. Like who would have thought within the three years of us being there that uh, everything would have happened the way it did. And now we're here in Lake Charles and trying to make a difference here um, with plant-based eating and with kind of flipping the script on Cajun food and, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. So what, um, what recipe or recipes of yours did Dan put in his book? He put the uh, mushroom etouffee, which I called it the crawfishless etouffee, specifically because I- What is an etouffee? It's a, that's a crazy word. Etouffee? Yes. yes like, etouffee. like etou brute, brute? Yeah, right, etou brute. <laughs> um, so, but no, etouffee uh, just kind of means smothered. Uh, so a crawfish etouffee is just like, crawfish that's been smothered in like a roux with vegetables. Um, and a lot of times like tomatoes too. Tomatoes are included in a, in an etouffee a lot of times in spices, um, served over rice. Uh, but so that, that's what like a basic etouffee is. Um, and crawfish is kind of like one of the things that people think about when they think about Louisiana is crawfish as like a Cajun staple. Um, and I worked a while on that spice, blend that's in that cookbook um you know in order to get the meat out of crawfish it has to be cooked first um and so whatever you cook the crawfish in is going to be the flavor that it is uh. and so the um staples for like a crawfish boil are you know you have a lot of lemon um and now they're like pre-made like crawfish boil stuff. Um, and I did a lot of research to kind of dissect and figure out what was going to be like, what's really in that crawfish boil seasoning mix and kind of broke it down to the bare bones of 
there's a little bit of salt, there's pepper, there's like white pepper and cayenne and uh, a couple of, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I kind of uh, based it all in lemon and zest and re reworked it a bunch of different times to where whenever I seasoned those mushrooms like it, it tasted like crawfish, you know? And that was one of those like high knees running in the kitchen moment, like, ah, I got it, I got it, it's here, I got it. Um, so, but that recipe is included in the, um, blue zones, American kitchen. And what kind of mushrooms did you use in that? Do you know? Portobello. I just, yeah. I, and that's another thing for, um, recipes. I try to choose things that are going to be really accessible, um, you know, to people like they can find any kind of mushroom. And I, I think I might even said that in there. You can use any mushroom. Yeah. Um, but, or maybe Maybe I used uh, like the little white ones, the white oh, buttons. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the buttons. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but anyway, you can use whatever one that you want. I know a lot of people and vegan influencers and stuff use oyster mushrooms for meat alternatives, but that's not something that we can find here. Um. And so that's not something that I like experiment with, you know. Um. But that mushroom one, a, the mushroom ATP is included in the cookbook, and then also my um. Uh, my uh, cornbread. Uh, so, and that's made without uh, dairy and without eggs. And so it's more of a, it's a drier kind of crumbly cornbread that you can eat with uh, red beans and rice or whatever. Mm. So, so congratulations on that. That's really phenomenal. That, that's really huge. So you just mentioned, I, I want to go through some recipes that that kind of struck me when I was going through your website. Yes. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to make this. So the first one is, and you say in your culture, you get everybody in the kitchen and you are dancing, you've got the music blaring and you are just going to town in that crib, but it's, it's the plant-based jambalaya. And it, you say it took you years to perfect this. Yes. Like I'm, I'm so proud of that recipe. Uh, cause I did. And, uh, I, I spent three years, I think it was for developing that plant-based jambalaya. Cause I wanted to make it plant-based. Um, and it's like a whole foods plant-based because our meat alternative is tofu. Um, and it just, it, a normal Cajun jambalaya, the way it's usually made, uh, is, you know, a lot of times in a very social setting because it takes a long time to make. Uh, and that, and that's something that's kind of traditional of Cajun culture. Like Cajun cooking is not a lot of quick cooking. You know, it's not a 15 minute meal. It's a, we let things simmer. We let flavors really incorporate. We have a roux a lot of times that helps, you know, things get flavored. Um, and then we eat. And a lot of times the second day, it's even better. Mm. Um, you know, so like that, that is very, very center within like Cajun culture and Cajun cooking. Um, and so for your jambalaya, a lot of times that, that was kind of saved for bigger events or, um, you know, like currently it's tailgates or, um, showers, like wedding showers, couple showers, Mardi Gras, you know, birthdays. And you have like, I actually have a kettle in my garage right now. Uh, it's not mine. It's my brother-in-law's, but it's a huge, like cast iron kettle. Mm. And you throw in all the vegetables and stuff and you cook it over a single heat source for a while. And then you would throw in uh, traditionally sausage and chicken. Sometimes it would be dredged in uh, 
flour to kind of create a roux once it hits the oil. So you kind of get a browning effect with that. And then you'd pour in liquid, you'd pour in your rice, you'd put a lid on it, let it simmer, but then stir like every five minutes so it doesn't stick. Um, and everyone kind of stands around, you take turns stirring, people play music or, you know, currently, you know, you just get a little speaker and people are listening to music, beer in hand, whatever. Kids are playing around in the yard. It, it's a good old time. And tell me, because I watched your video on your website and you have videos of all your recipes. Um, how, explain to everybody how you made your sausage and your chicken out of the tofu. Okay. So we make it first of all, with a extremely like firm tofu. Um, you get the best results with the least amount of effort using a vacuum packed tofu. So finding a vacuum packed tofu, which you can find at Walmart, uh, very excited that Walmart carries that. Um, but we take it and we slice it into quarter inch, like, uh, slices. And then for our sausage, we literally take any kind of little circle cutout that you could have, whether it be a shot glass or a like little medicine cup, a tablespoon, and you cut out little circles and that's your sausage. And then the leftover is your shredded chicken. Yeah. And so, um, and then with that, we create a seasoning mix with extra virgin olive oil. Um, we do some soy sauce, low sodium. You could do tamari. Uh, pepper, garlic, and cayenne. Yeah. Very simple. Black pepper, garlic powder, and cayenne. Um, and you can't do whole garlic because it'll burn. You have to do the garlic powder. But uh, you dip each side of that in the marinade, place it on a baking sheet, and you bake it, flip it, and then bake it for a little more. And it comes out to be pretty tough, um, very crispy around the edges, and it really starts to look like sausage. And it meat. totally, it totally did. And yeah. uh, and then from there, you take that and you throw it into your holy trinity of onion, celery, bell pepper. Um, throw in a broth or water. Throw in your rice, and then I actually over the years have found that putting your pot of jambalaya in the oven is the easiest and best way to make a jambalaya mm, because mm. there is heat surrounding the entire pot. You don't have to worry about anything burning um, where you do for a, if you're cooking on a stovetop from a specific heat source. Um, so putting in the oven for the rice to cook and absorb all the liquid, we kind of infused our tofu sausage and chicken with a whole lot of spice. Like when you make that marinade, it's a, like very powdery kind of, um, and that's on purpose because once you actually throw everything together, that spice infuses into the rice and uh, it flavors the entire dish. You know, after you could kind of taste test, you can adjust however you want. You can throw in some Tabasco. You could uh, add a little bit more, you know, standard Cajun seasoning if you like. Um, but yeah, that's that's how we make it. And honestly, it's it's kind of crazy that it took so long to develop to develop because it's pretty simple once I like kind of explain how to do it. But I, I tried so many different things to try to get it to look and taste like and have, be the texture of a, a Cajun jambalaya from here. And it just, yeah, it's that. You, I think you've definitely mastered it. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to make that recipe for my family as soon as possible. Oh my gosh. You, um, 
you love Kristen Wiig from Saturday Night Live. Oh my god! And, and so, like, what? How would she react to this Cajun uh, jambalaya dish? What would she say? Oh my gosh! I'm so freaking excited. No, <laughs> sorry, no, that's my best impression. It might not be good. <laughs> but uh, no, listen, I appreciate you doing that. That was awesome. So, I want to go through a couple other um, recipes here. Okay. One of the things whenever I've been to New Orleans, and I just can't believe it is are these like praline king cakes that are just everywhere. And you've made a vegan version, right? Yes. Is that I mean, is that something that your kids adore? You adore? I mean, just you had to have it. You had to have it. Yeah, well, I I one so I try to whenever I eat sweets, I try to make them from scratch myself and uh, I want them to be vegan. So in order to have that around here, you got to make it yourself. So, and a king cake is uh, typically starts like the Mardi Gras season, which starts on Epiphany. So, it's just become a tradition of mine to make one. Um, uh, Are you making one for this uh, for this uh, Mardi Gras? I made one for Epiphany. Um, I don't know if I'll make. I'm going to try to make one for Mardi Gras. But what has cut ahead of that is my daughter's school is having a Louisiana Day, and they want me to make my vegan beignets for that. And so I, I have been like tapped in to make vegan beignets for the, uh, for the little preschool. And so <laughs> now what's that? So beignets is a fried donut and that's typically, uh, that you, what you would see in New Orleans, um, more, more like a funnel cake kind of consistency with powdered sugar on top. Think cafe du monde, you know, people going to the French quarter, that kind of thing. What's um, up? You mentioned Mardi Gras and you mentioned another day, epiphany. Yes. What's that? So Epiphany is the 12th day after Christmas. Uh It celebrates uh, the three wise men meeting or finally meeting baby Jesus. They, they got to baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. (laughs) Baby Jesus. And so, well, they, they meet baby Jesus and everything. And so king cakes would start being served on Epiphany because that's the the day. And so like the king cake is a circle to signify uh, the fact that the three Kings went to Jesus, but then they had to go another way around King Herod. So it's a circle. Um, And inside the king cake, you would put a, traditionally a nut or bean or something to signify the baby Jesus. And it was kind of like a game, like whoever got the piece with the bean or the nut was like, that was the baby Jesus. And you were responsible for making the next cake for the next party or whatever. Um, so now you find plastic babies that you can put inside, but. Yeah. So one of the things I love about in looking at your recipes that you have is just, you have a lot of these very clean whole food, plant-based, no oil, and then you run the gambit. I mean, then you go crazy on some of these incredible desserts as well. And so you, aside from the king cake, you also love, love your chocolate cake. Yes. And would you say, is chocolate your favorite, favorite dessert ever? All time. It reigns supreme. It reigns supreme. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I do. And, you know, and that's the thing, like I love, you know, even though I were plant-based, you know, and we're like 80% plant-based, 20% whatever else. And I think it's important for people to understand, like, it's okay to have sweets sometimes, <laughs> you know, like it's okay to do that. It's okay to enjoy baking. Like you can still do that kind of stuff. And, you know, I set out to make a really good chocolate cake and I did it. And I, I just, I really do love that chocolate cake recipe. Anyone can go online and uh, make it for themselves. And if you do, you know, go ahead and leave a comment, leave a rating. Uh, I, j- I just made it like literally five days ago for my son's birthday party. And uh, my 
uh, she wasn't being my sister-in-law, the sister of my brother-in-law was like, you have to make my daughter's birthday cake. These are amazing. This is the best cake I've ever had. And I'm like, thank you. It's my own recipe. Ah." You know, you, you, another thing that you make that's, that has chocolate in it and marshmallows is you do a s'more cupcake. Oh yeah. What in the world is that? And how do I get one? <laughs> you know, well, it's just, uh, so basically like a s'more or a s'more. I, I say s'more and they tell me that's not the way to say it, but yeah. I still say So it. first, the first thing I ever said, the first words out of my mouth were more s'more. I love them that much. Yes. So, but it's just a graham cracker base that you pack into a cupcake. Then I do my chocolate cake on top. And then the, uh, the icing is an aquafaba based icing. Um, which is the juice from uh, beans, which has a lot of protein that when you whip it, it's uh, kind of the consistency of a meringue. And so, but you add sugar to that and it becomes marshmallowy and you just put that on top and it actually toasts and everything like a marshmallow. And so that was uh, me and the kids did that this past summer uh, to be like, okay, summer's over. <laughs> we really enjoyed that. Well, that sounds delicious. Cajun red beans and rice. This is, it seems like an absolute staple. Absolutely. What, what, what are the spices or what makes red beans and rice? So uh, vintage Cajun, what do you need to do to it? Well, um, I mean, basically cook it for a long time. A lot of times like the red beans for our red beans and rice is almost completely broken down into a gravy. Um, and a lot of times like, uh, it's very blue zonesy what Cajuns used to do. You know, but they didn't have a lot of meat a lot of times traditionally, like hundred years ago. And so they would flavor with just a little bit of meat or um, they would make a roux with, you know, a little bit of like meat flavoring and then do cook the red beans and stuff in that. And so for my red beans, I think one of the recipes that I have up, I do a dry roux. Uh, of whole wheat flour where we bake it and we toast it to that like traditional Cajun flavor. Um, and then that way you can have a red beans and rice meal that has a roux, which tastes very traditional to like Cajun cooking. It's very distinct. Um, yet it's also oil free, you know? And so that, that's kind of like where I was hitting with that. I, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a bean and rice kind of guy. And like yesterday, that's what I had. Uh, that's what I had for lunch. Um, are you superstitious? No, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a little stitious. No, that's a quote from the office. So, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I just, I just, it seems like I know some other uh, people down there, Cajuns. And, uh, you know, it seems to be a little bit in their blood, be a little superstitious about stuff. Yes. But, yes. It's yeah. true. What about French? Do you speak French? Un petit peu, mais c'est pas bon. Right. <laughs> a, a little bit, but it's not good. <laughs> and, yeah. I, I studied for a long time, uh, all, all through elementary, middle, high school, but when you don't speak it, you, you lose it, you know? Um, yeah. so unfortunately I've lost a lot of it. Yeah. You know. The only the only thing I really know, I, I was taught this by my parents a long time ago, was qui occupe la fromage. Qui est, uh, something, qui occupe, qui occupe la fromage. Something, something, the cheese. That's right. Who cut the cheese? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Cameron, tell me this. So 
you're putting together all these really phenomenal recipes. You are the the plant-based Cajun. There, can we see a, maybe a, a cookbook in the future? You think that's something that, you know, you're, you're eyeballing? I am a dreamer and I have dreamed about uh, possibly releasing a cookbook, you know, and I, I have a lot of recipes and things that I haven't released. Um, kind of like, hmm, maybe I'm releasing something at some point. Um, I, I also have, you know, dreams of possibly having a restaurant one day or a food truck or selling at the farmer's market or maybe doing a supper club. Cause I don't know. I feel like one of the ways that we can really, uh, I don't know, catalyze people being more open-minded to plant-based eating around here is to get people to try it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people, you know, have straight up told me like, you don't want me cooking plant-based. I'm not cooking plant-based. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I've taken it upon myself to bring one to every family function, like a plant-based something so that they can try different things and, uh, you know, hopefully start to be a little more open-minded about um, plant-based eating and cooking. Do you have the menu yet for for Mardi Gras in a couple of days? Oh, uh, not necessarily. I, you know, it, it's kind of been crazy, but that that's one of the things we kind of look at over the weekend. Like, okay, what are we doing? What parades are we going to? Like who's doing what, what you need me to bring? Um, I know that I am making chickpea salad sandwiches because that's something that anybody, whether they are meat eater or not chickpea salad sandwiches, people will mm. eat. And a lot of times they have no idea. <laughs> So that's something that, uh, that I like to do, um, my plant-based chili or the plant-based jambalaya, which I'll probably, honestly, I'll probably do that because that's a very standard thing to do. Um, so, but yeah. Yummy, yummy. Where Cameron can people find you? What's the, what are are your, all your handles and websites and stuff? Um, you can find me on Instagram at the plant-based Cajun. I also have a website, theplantbasedcajun.com. And uh, I also have a YouTube channel, The Plant Based Cajun. So uh, you can find me there and, uh, you know, send a shout out. You know, I, every now and then I, I try to respond to those messages and stuff that I get. And uh, yeah, so that's where you can find me. You can find printable recipes on the website, uh, which I'm proud of. That was one of the things I wanted to do this year was make recipes printable for you guys to be able to have and have in your kitchen for whenever you're ready to cook. You know, you're, I love your consistency with the plant-based Cajun. Uh, I think it's a, a step up from Cameron's kitchen and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> so nice, nice going there. Uh, you know what? This is so exciting what you've done, what you've created, um, you know, Cajun recipes that everybody just can get their their heart and their mouths and their stomachs around. And I can't wait. Like I said, this weekend for my kids, for the family, I'm going to make this plant, uh, plant-based plant jambalaya and I'll let you know how it turns out. Oh my gosh, please do. Like my, hey, my week will be made if you do that. Like that's so oh, yeah. <laughs> right, I'll take I'll take photos and I'll tag you and yes. we'll, we'll, we'll have a day of it. That would um, be awesome. Yeah. All right. So, uh, man, this has been great. Thank you, Cameron. Will you give me a little fist bump on the way out? Plant strong. Boom. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Cameron, for setting a shining example for your kids and for staying authentic to your Cajun roots. You can follow Cameron at her website, theplantbasedcajun.com, and on Instagram at theplantbasedcajun. We'll be sure to link that up in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, and until next week, keep it plant strong. Thank you for listening to the Plant Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leaving us a positive review and sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.